Good morning, this is Shirley Smith, and today is Sunday, and we're talking about integrity today, something that is so key. On Bridge the Gap, we like to talk about how can we improve our mind, body, spirit, soul, so that we can better our relationships with others. And so today, we will concentrate on how can we um, better our soul? How can we look at integrity? And how does integrity uh, match with character? How does that work? So today we find it interesting, uh, since we're talking about integrity, let's just give a quick thought about what integrity entails. And so if we just look in the dictionary, it says things like the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, moral uprightness. And then we look at words that represent integrity in the Oxford Dictionary, and it's things like honesty, uprightness, rectitude, honor, honorableness, upstandingness, good character, ethics, morals, morality, virtue, decency, fairness, sincerity, truthfulness, trustworthy. And the very opposite of integrity is one word, dishonesty. It's interesting, uh, as I was reading just an article uh, today, and this is from actually a CNN article, and this particular one was written by Aaron Pellish, and he's talking about, uh, this is CNN, so April 23rd, 2022. He's talking about a general, William T. Cooley. And uh, he says that it's the first time a U.S. Air Force general uh, has been found guilty of abusive sexual contact in military court. Uh, first time ever for an Air Force general to be uh convicted, court-martialed and convicted for something like this. And then I saw another article also by CNN. It's by Kate Bennett. It was written April 24th, 2022. And the title of this one, it's kind of, well, sort of funny, but still lack of integrity. Uh, it's the White House is in desperate need of new uh, glassware and silverware. And so it's interesting that um, apparently the last president's wife to purchase glassware and silverware and things of that nature for the White House was actually Nixon's wife. And so he goes on in the article to say that, well, I'll just read part of it to you. It says, McLaurin said that the need for crystal on the state level is approximately 120 to 160 settings is just as important as every other element of a special event at the White House, as are the China, China and silver. There is plenty of China, apparently, and enough silver to set a few tables for VIP service. Using the real White House sterling silver collections for larger dinners can be a gamble as forks, spoons, and knives tend to go missing as souvenirs of the meal, slipped into coat pockets and dropped discreetly into purses. So in other words, 
the White House is in need of more silverware because of dinners that people attend, the lack of integrity, they feel it's okay to just steal the silverware. Isn't that interesting? Hang in there, it's going to get more interesting. I'll be right back. at the word character. Character is a person or place consists of the qualities they have that make them distinct from other people or places. This is just a simple dictionary definition of character. Now we've talked about integrity is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles and moral uprightness and examples of um, integrity are things like honesty and Uh, honor and ethics, uh, righteousness, uh, nobility, virtue, decency, fairness, sincerity, truthfulness, and then the very opposite of integrity would be dishonesty. And so we want to talk about this today. Uh, I just had a situation actually where I work where there was a person who made um, a judgment call that may not have been the best judgment call to make. And I think after they sat down and reflected on it and thought about it, that, oh, maybe this judgment call was not good. And now I need to figure out how not to let this information go farther. So instead of just dropping the issue and not worrying about it, I think fear got in the middle of it. And then all of a sudden, this thing started becoming a molehill, started becoming a mountain. (laughs) And so I was just sitting back and looking at the whole thing explode. And I thought, this is very odd. Because the person went from, you know, this is what I think about this situation, to then making just a molehill become a mountain out of it. And so as I sat back and watched the whole thing, I thought, this is really nuts. (laughs) And so I decided, okay, let me allow them to go through this, and then I will respond to what they're saying and doing and their behavior, because the behavior was becoming very odd, uh, as to the point of being rude um, and nasty and I thought okay this is out of hand so let's let let's play its course and then we will try to uh, get in here and see what is really going on here and so what I what I learned is that sometimes we're operating off of fear and so if we were to look at that situation Uh, For those of us who have worked in churches as well as corporations, there are certain things we learn about fear. For one thing, fear, you can almost smell it. You can see it miles away. And so when you see that, you can react in whichever way you feel best. Uh, My best way of reacting to someone who's exhibiting fear is just to sit back and watch the show and wait until they come to you to say what it is they need to say or do. And so when I think about this, uh, in our natural lives, 
just as living as human beings on the earth, there are all sorts of things that are bombarding us. So if you're looking at the corporate America side of things, there's there's this term that we use, especially in marketing, and it's called FUD, and that stands for fear, uncertainty, and doubt. That's used a lot in marketing of products. So if you just whites turn on TV or whatever, radio, whatever you're listening to, and you'll notice when people are selling whatever type of product it is, they always include in their marketing messages something to do with fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And that's what motivates you to spend your money because you're thinking, oh yes, I do, I have to have that because if I don't get it, this could happen. So now you have doubt that you're secure. So you go ahead and you spend your money. Now in church environments, I would hear the definition of fear and it would go like this. Fear means false evidence appearing real. And so for those of you who have been in churches, you hear that acronym fear. It's like fear is an acronym and it's false evidence of appearing real. And so because of that, humans start to behave in certain ways because they're reacting to the fear that they have. Well, where does fear come from? Well, fear could come from a number of things. It could be something has actually happened to you and you're either reflecting on something that happened to you in the past and you're thinking, oh, this could happen again. Or it could be, you know, something that is really, you know, in your face happening right now. Uh, Or fear could be produced from guilt. So what is guilt? Guilt is a fact of having committed a specified or implied offense or crime. Let's say that again. Guilt. This is just a dictionary meaning again. The fact of having committed a specified or implied offense or crime. Another definition, a self-conscious emotion that involves negative evaluation of self, feeling of distress, feelings of failure. And what is the results when we start feeling um, distressed and feeling as though we've failed? It produces anxiety. And so signs of guilt are things like crying, insomnia, muscle tension, rumination, regret, upset stomach, and worry. And I'm sure there are many other examples of guilt. When you're experiencing guilt, you go through all of these things, and those are emotional as well as physical. Now, when you're going through guilt and all of those things we just described, that can actually lead to an overestimation of one's role in a situation. So if we go back to the situation where a simple judgment call was probably not the best, and because of that, the guilt got in there, and the person just began to behave bizarrely to the point 
of this situation where it leads to an overestimation of one's role in a situation. The situation wasn't that great. It was a mistake in judgment. But rather than just saying, oh, you know, may not have made the best call this time and letting it drop, it was made into a mountain to the point where then now I have to react and call this to your attention because if somebody doesn't do it and you keep going at this rate, it will be at a um, detrimental point uh, for both the person and myself. So it's interesting because then when you bring it to a person's attention that, okay, I think this thing is out of hand and they still can't see it, that means that that fear has set in so greatly that it may require now actually attention of, say, um, spiritual or mental advice or direction. Uh, And so we don't have to resort all the way to that. And what's funny about this is that I had a visit to Goodwill to drop off some things uh, at Goodwill. And the young man that was actually helping me take the things out of my car, uh, I noticed he just kept hanging around because, okay, we got everything out of the car. And then he, he rolls them into the place. And then I'm getting in my car and he says, uh, excuse me, can I ask you a question? <laughs> I said, sure, what's your question? He says, I just had this situation at work where my coworker did something that was wrong and then they tried to blame it on me. How would you handle that? <laughs> and, I, and I looked at him and I smiled and I actually told him about the situation I had had the same week. So the reason I bring this up is because sometimes when you're debating, do I need to do maybe a teaching on this? And you, you say, well, yeah, one day I will do a teaching on integrity. But then it comes to someone coming to you that you don't know, you've never seen before in your life. And they ask you, I need your opinion on this situation. Can you help me? I said, okay, I see that as a a confirmation uh, from God saying, yes, you really do need to teach on this. So I thought, you know, this is something that we need to pay attention to. And so I, I always do a little bit of research when I'm feeling like there's an area that we need to tackle that can help us, can benefit us. And so one of the things that I found out that I did not know about is that on June 9th, that has been declared Global Integrity Day. (laughs) And I thought this is so interesting, integrity. And so this was started apparently, this Global Integrity Day was started in June, on June 9th of 2020. And so the very first one, apparently they dealt with integrity when it comes to the treatment of people. So it was called um, Continuing the Corruption of Racism. What are we going to do about that, basically? So um, they looked at uh, things like 
How can we positively impact racism by loving, truth, peace, and people? Simple. Love, truth, peace, and people. And then in 2021, they had another where they looked at corruption and poverty. And so they looked at how can we curtail the corruptions of devastating role in multidimensional poverty. So in so many ways, all over the world, we're participating in this multidimensional poverty. So integrity can be looked at at many levels, anywhere from individual to institutional to international. And so that is what this organization does. It looks at integrity globally. And so for 2022, the theme is improve health and well-being for all people and the planet. Now that health and well-being includes both physical and mental. Because again, as we've just connected the dots here with uh, integrity, when our integrity is not at its best, it can produce mental issues. It can produce physical issues because of the mental issues. And so we do need to handle and deal with integrity. Uh, We need to find ways of ridding ourselves of the guilt of things that we have done or have experienced so that we can move forward in life and and repair areas where our integrity was lacking. Uh, Let's see, just a little bit about Global Integrity Day. And this is because I think it's key uh, that someone feels that we globally need to look at integrity. It says, a Global Integrity Day was launched on June 9th, 2020. And it is a positive day to reflect, teach, and collaborate on ways to integrate integrity in all we do throughout the entire year. It is a solemn day to consider our ways. If we are lying and or stealing in any way, big or small, then we need to stop it. If we need to to right a wrong we have done, then do so. If we need to prudently confront wrongdoing, preferably in solidarity with colleagues, for mutual support and greater impact, then do so. The Global Integrity Day is a companion day to complement the United Nations International Anti-Corruption, which uh, is December 9th uh, and vice versa. Both days are practical rallying points six months apart for fostering common ground, organizing events, sharing initiatives, and involving the public. So this is, an, this is the intent of this day, or two days, because one is for integrity has been declared the day of integrity, and the other has been declared um, anti-corruption day, but they work together, if that makes sense. Now, the mantra of this organization is simple. Be the people we need, 
build the world we need. Be the people we need. Build the world we need. Now, for those of us who are concerned about uh, our soul and making sure that spiritually we are aware of who we are, we usually go to scripture. And so I will read just a few scriptures that has to do with integrity. Uh, as a matter of fact, you'll find a number of scriptures uh, in the Holy Bible that talks about integrity because it's so important. Uh, the first one I'll just read to you is James 4 and 17. And it just says this, it's simple. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Simple. You know right from wrong. So when you lie, you know you have lied. So you need to correct that. If you take something that is not yours, you know that is wrong. Even if you're at a White House dinner and you're putting sterling silver in your purse, that's stealing. I don't care whether you're a millionaire, a billionaire, or senator, congressman of some sort, House of Representatives, whatever, judge. <laughs> if you're putting sterling silver in your purse at anyone's house, whether it's the White House or your mother's house or your neighbor's house, if you're stealing, taking something and hiding it in your purse or your pocket, that's wrong. And so no matter what we say, it's not going to make that right. You know better. Another scripture we have is Psalm 2611. But as for me, I shall walk in my integrity. Redeem me and be gracious to me. So here in Psalm 26 and 11, there is a request to God. Because of the integrity I walk in, Lord, redeem me and be gracious to me. And then Titus 2, uh, second chapter, 7 through 8th verse, it's simple. It says, show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. And in your teaching, show integrity, dignity, and show speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about you. This reminded me of um, the hearings for Judge Katanji Brown Jackson. Uh, Cory Booker, who was a senator, spoke uh, on her behalf after the brutal questioning that she went through with the Senate. And so he said, let your work speak for you. No one can deny your work. And so sometimes when people are really grasping at straws, they try to find, there's got to be something I can get this person with but let your work speak for you. And because of that, there's no more talking that you need to do. Let your work speak for you. So this is something that I thought, um, when I think of integrity, I think about those hearings. And 
The thing that is so funny about this, and maybe not funny, but the thing that is so interesting is the prayers that are spoken over both the House of Representatives and the Senate before they start a session. And it just so happened that I went and I pulled the congressional record for April 7th, 2022. And that is the day that Judge Kanji Jackson Brown was actually going through uh, these proceedings. And so I found it interesting because there is, a, there is, first of all, there's a prayer. So let's just read what that prayer says. In the, and this is in the House of Representatives on April 7th, 2022. Uh, the chaplain that actually did the prayer was the Reverend Margaret Kibben, and she offered the following prayer. On this morning, Lord, hear our voices as we lift up our prayers to you from the depths of our heart. We lay our requests before you, appeals that are both simple and serious, of both concern and calamity, known and unknown to the people around us. And we wait expectantly for your response, not knowing how or when that will come, but in faith we anticipate your answer, and with faith we pray we are ready to receive it. And as you have listened to us, make us attentive to your wisdom. With ears to hear, may we take note of your whispers and open ourselves to hear your divine voice breaking into our lives. We incline our hearts toward you this day, that you would grant us understanding in all that confounds us. Help us to receive your guidance as you lead us in the way we should go. And may we thrive on the death of your compassion in all that we do and say. In the strength of your name, we pray. That was the prayer that Reverend Margaret Kibben offered on on April 7th, 2022. Now, this was also the Pledge of Allegiance. And this is what our Pledge of Allegiance says. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And after that prayer and that pledge, proceedings began. Now, if we go and look at the congressional record for the Senate on April 7, 2022, same day, the prayer was offered by Chaplain Dr. Barry C. Black, and this is what he said in his prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you for the throb of eternity within us, reminding us that life is not measured by mere heartbeats. Lord, we are grateful also that you continue to guide our nation and world. 
As you guide the migration of birds, so your hand guides us. Help us on our journey to be warned from our past mistakes as we continue to believe that the price for freedom remains eternal vigilance. Lead us away from the illusion that we are standing strong and cannot repeat past failures. Lord, keep our lawmakers faithful to you and this land we love. May they strive to have a clear conscience before you and the people. And Lord, we continue to pray for Ukraine. We pray in your strong name. Amen. Now, after this prayer, there was the Pledge of Allegiance. So let us read it, the Pledge of Allegiance. This is now in the Senate. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. That would say that we are a nation that cannot be divided. Both the House of Representatives and the Senate had prayer on April 7, 2022, and they both did the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. But interestingly enough, there was not total agreement on April 7, 2022, because there was a vote later uh, 53 to 47 53 in favor of Judge Jackson and 47 not in favor but the 53 did win so this is interesting as we discuss the word integrity today do we have integrity when we listen to a prayer or present a prayer before God, are we in agreement with what we are saying to God? Are we in agreement every time we do a pledge of allegiance to the flag? Something to think about and reflect on. Now, one of the things that um, the Global Integrity Day uh, founders have figured out is that some of what they refer to as the dark practices that are done on the internet and in other spaces, it's not just on the internet, but they they term this dark uh, practice Uh, Because what's happening is that one thing is being presented, but another is trying to influence you to do what they want you to do. So it may be the wrong thing for you, but maybe the right thing for them. And so basically that's referred to as manipulation and exploitation. So I'm going to give you examples of this as it happens on the web. And then I will give you examples of this as it happened during Judge Jackson's uh, confirmation hearings for the Supreme Court. 
So just before we go into that, the first example will be actually a woman from Australia that's doing a TED talk. And uh, she is talking about dark practices that she has found on the web. So we'll give one example from her. And then the next example will be from a gentleman from um, the UK who is giving another example of how in this particular case, he mentions Ryan Air, uh, where they get you to uh, do what they want you to do, regardless of whether it's in your favor or not. So let's just uh, throw one more scripture in here, because we do need to think about this uh, as we work on ourselves and our soul. Proverbs 10 and 9 says, Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. So these are also examples of how uh, those who have created these dark practices, uh, that all this is being revealed anyway. So take a listen. Pattern misdirection. That's when designers will hide the things that they don't really want you to see and draw lots of attention to the things that you do in order to help you to behave the way that they want. So I know all of you will have had some experience with buying tickets and you know, this is a great price. But four screens later, when you've raced to enter all your personal information, you might see something more like this in the fine print. So let's zoom in and have a better look at that. So uh, a certain number of users are going to fill it in and then skip over all the blurb and then just end up looking at that top down box down at the bottom right, which says, please select country of residence. Now that sounds like an innocuous question, doesn't it? where you're from. But if you select your country of residence, you end up buying travel insurance. Um, and in fact, if you don't want travel insurance, you have to open up the drop down and then pick no travel insurance required, which is sandwiched between Latvia and Lithuania for some reason. It's not even alphabetical. It makes no sense at all. Why would it, why would it appear there? Um, Let's take a look at um, some comments that Senator Cory Booker uh, made during the hearing of Judge uh, Katanji Jackson, Brown Jackson. And uh, just to remind you, I'm going to read the Pledge of Allegiance that both the House of Representatives and the Senate took before these hearings started. It says, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Now, let's throw in James 1, 22-25. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away at once, forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law and law of liberty and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. And I bring up this particular scripture not because of the Pledge of Allegiance, but because of the scriptures that are 
under God. So the scriptures in the Holy Bible that our nation is under God. So that's why I bring that up. So just reflect on that as you listen to some of the comments that Cory Booker makes to the judge because of the manner of questionings she's had to deal with during this hearing. Um, There are many comments that you will hear uh, that you can reflect on so that we can think about what is our integrity in our country? And are we living that honest life that we talk about? Take a listen. comments you just heard from Senator Cory Booker, he basically is um, flabbergasted (laughs) at um, the false accusations that the senators who questioned her in previous uh, meetings uh, on her integrity in doing her job as a judge, which she has impeccable records. And then they tried to pretend that they felt that she was so soft on crime that she was like the the only judge with a soft heart when it came to crime. But then when Senator Booker actually did look into the statistics, he was able to find that no, she was very much in line with a large percentage of the judge that were making decisions with regards to crime. And so what I'd like to bring to your attention, because this is something that I think he mentioned that this would be funny if it wasn't so dangerous. Uh, Exodus 20 chapter in the 16th verse says, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And so it seems that this is a scripture again, even though we're a nation under God, it seems like it's a scripture that we're totally disregarding uh, within this line of questioning and the line of comments uh, that the Senate has made toward Uh, Judge Jackson. So continue to listen. I think you'll find even more important things too that you will hear. Can yell as loud as we want that Venus can't 
can't say. We can yell as much as we want that astronaut May Jamison didn't go all that high. But you know what? <laughs> they got nothing to prove. As it says in the Bible, let the work I've done speak for me. I'll bring your attention to Titus, the second chapter, 7 through 8 verse. And it says this, Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that I, an opponent, may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. And so that comes from Titus. I think this may be something that Senator Corey is referring to. Let her words speak for her. So her works is speaking. She doesn't have to defend her works. You went to, do people become public defenders for the money? No. Your family and you speak to service, service, service. And I'm telling you right now, I'm not letting anybody in the Senate steal my joy. on what uh, Senator Booker just stated about um, Judge Jackson and basically her brilliance and and how she's hardworking and her work speaks for her and all of these things. I can't help but think of Proverbs, the second chapter, six through eighth verse. It says, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright, he is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and met and watching over the way of his saints. And so when I when I read that scripture and sit back and just think about this and think about the situation that's being discussed uh, here on the podcast, I think about I think the reason sometimes people actually accuse people falsely. Uh, or um, ignore them or um, find ways to make them feel like they don't belong. That would fall under jealousy and being strife, or it could be that maybe they have not received similar wisdom at this time in their life because of their, um, their relationship that they do have with God. Perhaps they have not gone through 
a transformation or maybe that process is at an earlier stage of transformation. So sometimes there are just things that people do not understand about others. And when you don't have that understanding, I can certainly see how that would be frustrating to a person. Um, I remember Ted Cruz mentioning that we were both at Harvard, you know, together uh, in law school, but here she is being made uh, Supreme Court Justice, and he's still a politician trying to make his way known. He ran for president, but was not able to get that last time. So, you know, different things. Uh, you have to look at uh, many ways, have many perspectives on on what you're hearing sometimes when you're watching these things take place, when they feel so unfair or do not seem justified with the kind of um, accusations that are made. And so just something to reflect on. You think about it, listen to it, and you come up with your reflection. Okay? There is a love in this country that is extraordinary. You admitted it about your parents. They loved this nation, even though there were laws preventing them from getting together. When they were loving, there were laws in this country that would have prevented you from marrying your husband. It wasn't that long ago. It was last generation. But they didn't stop loving this country, even though this country didn't love them back. heroes in mind. What did Constance Baker Motley do? Did she, this country that she saw insults and injuries, when she came out of law school, law firms wouldn't even hire her because she was a woman. Did she become bitter? Did she try to create a revolution? No, she used the very constitution of this nation. She loved it so much she wanted America to be America. As Langston Hughes wrote, oh let America be America again. The land that never has been yet, but yet must be the land where everyone is free. Oh, yes, I say it plain, America never was America to me, but I swear this oath, America will be. One way of doing soul work is to meditate upon scripture, and I think that helps us to get our mind in a place where we can receive what God would want us to know as we are sitting and reflecting and asking him to uh, help us with our understanding. So 1 John 4, 4th chapter 7 through 10th verse, I think is a very helpful scripture to get us on one accord as, um, as a people. It says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world, so that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we have loved God, but he loved us and sent his son to be the perpetuation for our sins. 
Now, that's a wonderful scripture to meditate upon. So I would say, I would back this up and listen to that again. Or go to your Bible and listen to it, read it out loud. And just meditate upon that as you consider to examine yourself and as you examine situations that are happening in and around you. segments uh, is after the confirmation hearing is over and the Senate voted 53 to 47 in Judge Jackson's favor so she's now uh, a justice of the Supreme Court and so you will hear some comments from her and then you hear some comments from some of her friends that I thought were relevant uh, just so that we can experience what it feels like for some of us to just see and hear the hearing and all the things that happened during that hearing. Because it's always good to understand another person's perspective in order to better the relationship with that person. It took just one generation to go from segregation to the Supreme Court of the United States. Judge Jackson were quite emotional, even for me. Um, and as we listen to the next voices, they happen to be attorney friends who were in school with uh, Judge Jackson at Harvard. And so they're giving their thoughts and opinion as to how they felt and, and how they feel that they could speak for um, black women globally on how they are treated in corporate situations and all other situations, uh, governmental situations, uh, people that have sat in leadership positions uh, have had to endure a lot just because of the pigmentation in their skin. And so I do confirm what they're saying. Uh, you know, it is, it is what it is. Uh, the Scripture that comes to mind again is Proverbs 19 and 1. And it simply says, Better is a poor person who walks in his integrity than one who is crooked in speech and is a fool. So what we have to do is realize, you know, everyone is not at the same point. 
They do not have the same perspective and they cannot understand because they have not lived the experiences of all people. And sometimes people just don't get it. But I thought the comments that you were about to hear are fascinating and well, well deserved. Uh, as far as Judge Jackson is concerned, as an outstanding person, outstanding character, and I am so happy that there were people who were willing to speak up for her. Unlike, I think, what black women have to deal with in the professional or corporate settings or any, any place, so it was so personal. to do the voting for the to confirm uh, Judge Jackson as a justice. Uh, everyone applaud, at least all the Democrats did. And remember, we're one country under God, indivisible. <laughs> but only one, uh, the Democrats applauded and one GOP or one Republican applauded. 
and the others actually got up and walked out. Uh, now this is on a woman that has been confirmed as a chief justice and she had the most impeccable credentials greater than anyone who actually interviewed her during the hearing. Uh, and people actually stood up and walked out. And so when you see things like this, hopefully it helps with your personal reflection. What did you think of that? What did you see God doing during that time? What do you feel God was speaking during that time? And so the next thing I would like to do just to help with our building our soul and opening up our spirit so that we can receive truly from God, there's a process called examine. So I have that process next for you to go through personally. And this is for you to just go through your day. And you can do this within 10 to 15 minutes every day, actually. Uh, and of course, you can take much longer if you would like. But I would say start off practicing examine for 10 minutes to 15 minutes every day. And not that you're thinking of other people's. <laughs> you're not doing it for other people. You're doing it for yourself personally. So what do you get when you examine yourself every day, perhaps at the end of the day, uh, when you're by yourself in your quiet time and you're actually saying a prayer to God to help you examine yourself? This is another way of caring for your soul. Okay, take a listen. I think you will learn something during this time. After hearing these examples of lack of integrity, so that we're not uh, at a point where our soul is damaged, and that can happen because all around us, we are continuously being bombarded with dark patterns and practices, and the purpose of those is for manipulation and exploitation. So this is not just something that we experience on particular websites, but we're experiencing it everywhere, from the messages and the behaviors and practices of sometimes our congressmen, to uh, going online and just making a purchase on an airline where maybe you're ending up with uh, travel insurance that you didn't expect to purchase or didn't realize it was in your checkout box uh, to influences that will actually change your choices, your mental health, and your overall well-being. So this is key for us to pay attention to. And the Global Integrity Day group uh, is specifically bringing out the fact that there's practical and psychological tricks that are intentionally being designed to affect us mentally and our overall well-being. And that type of behavior and practices must cease. So one of the ways that I would like to suggest that as an individual, we work on that area of well-being and mental health it's to do a simple prayer. And this is prayer is called examine. Uh, and I will read this information to you. It says, 
The examine is a method of reviewing your day in the presence of God. It's actually an attitude more than a method, a time set aside for thankful reflection on where God is in your everyday life. It has five steps, which most people take more or less in order, uh, and it usually takes about 15 to 20 minutes per day. And this is the way that this a prayer of examine works. So the first thing is to ask God for light. I want to look at my day with God's eyes, not merely my own. So you're looking, you're asking for God to give you that light, that understanding of what you have experienced that day. The second thing, give thanks. This day I have just lived is a gift from God. Be grateful for it. Okay, so now you're looking at how you are thinking of every day that you have. And think about this. We're not experiencing the same days. We have named the days. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So we tend to say, well, Monday is coming again. No, it's not a day that you have ever seen before. So even though we call it Monday, you have never, ever experienced this day before. And if we start to look at our days in that manner, we will be more grateful that we have a day to do something differently than we have ever done before. The third thing in reviewing the day. It says, I carefully look back on the day just completed, being guided by the Holy Spirit. So what does that mean? You're sitting in your quiet space, just you reflecting on the day that you've just had and you're trying to see at what point in your day did you feel the Holy Spirit was giving you direction. Now you may not have taken the direction or maybe you did take it but what part of your day Did you experience the Holy Spirit giving you direction? For example, I mentioned earlier that I had a situation where I worked and then a few days later, I'm just taking things to goodwill. (laughs) I'm just giving away some things. And a young man comes to me who I've never seen before and he says, can I ask you a question? tells me about what has happened to him and says, I would like your advice. Remember, I don't know this young man. Never seen him before in my life. But for some reason, he felt like I could give him advice that he could use. And he was very gracious for the advice that I gave him and thanked me profusely. I thought, okay, So I think the Holy Spirit was showing up at this time 
he's confirming that yes you need to teach on integrity or at least have a little podcast that addresses this character potentially character flaw so that we can learn the importance of examining ourselves daily okay let's go to the fourth thing face your shortcomings i face up to what is wrong in my life and in me where am i falling short just thinking over my day where am i falling short of what god is expecting of me in my life this day where did i become angry did i become controlling there's um an excellent book that has been written by Dr. Willie Jennings and it is actually titled After Whiteness and Education in Belonging. And interestingly enough, one of the things that we heard earlier is from one of Judge Jackson's friends that things are said to us intentionally to make us feel like we do not belong. So think about your day. Did you say something to someone that potentially made them feel like they did not belong? The fifth thing, look toward the day to come. I ask where I need God in the day to come. So simply ask God tomorrow. What do I need in order to have a fruitful day tomorrow? So examine. There are five steps. You can put them in orders that you would like. Ask God for understanding. Give Him thanks for the day. Review the day to see where you may have missed, or maybe you didn't miss, but you actually was guided by the Holy Spirit. The fourth thing, face up to your shortcomings. Where did you miss it? And did you blame someone else for missing it? Or did you look at yourself and say, oh, I've got to do better? The fifth and last step, look toward the day to come. In the day to come, Father God, how can I do tomorrow better? Simple. Examine. Examine oneself every day. Take 10 to 15 minutes at least to just examine yourself. Well, thank you again for another episode of Bridge the Gap. We have gaps all over the place. And today we were concentrating on how can we fill the gap that causes our soul to hurt, harms our soul. 
And so one of the things that we have learned is that, number one, we have to do something, purposely do something, to, to guard our heart, our spirit, our soul. And then when we figure out after going through an examine uh, process at the end of each day, figure out where we missed it, then we make a correction right away so that we can continue to care for our soul. Just to let you know, we always give you other information in case you need it. Uh, so these are some things that may help you in the area of your soul and your spirit. Uh, as I said, there's a book called After Whiteness and Education and Belonging by Willie James Jennings. There's also a book, The Hope of the Gospel by Mark Young. Transforming Fire by Mark Jordan. Attempt Great Things for God, and that's by Chloe Sun. Uh, then there is Beyond Profession by Daniel Alsher, and Renewing the Church by the Spirit by Amos Young. So take pick up some of those books uh, and take a listen to them. I think they're all books that were written recently that may be very helpful with us uh, renewing, rethinking, and better understanding ourselves, God, and also what's, what's next, you know, what's, what's in our future. So as always, it has been a pleasure just sitting and thinking with you. So I have a thought that every time you sit and think with us, that it creates even more thoughts. And when you're sitting with others, you can sit and share and also think out loud and listen to other perspectives so that you can better relationships with other people. Okay, have a wonderful day. This is Shirley Smith with Bridge the Gap.